Star Trek, our favorite frontier. These are the podcasts of Aaron and Polly, their ongoing mission to explore all things Trek, to seek out cool things and pick them apart, to boldly complain as no one's complained before. And this is Paul. And uh, Paul, there is news. I have a couple of news is news yeah. items, but you start with your I news th- items. I think the big news, the internet breaking news, is that I finally started watching Yellowstone. <laughs> I, I I just started the the current season. I've been holding up to to to, to stockpile some episodes. Uh, I, I have started watching Yellowstone. And now the internet's broken. Now you, you guys aren't even listening to the rest of this podcast because <laughs> you're so distraught at the news. But I, you know, I bring it up, Paul, because I feel like Yellowstone is Star Trek adjacent. You know, in Yellowstone, we frequently see real-life people. Not real-life characters, real-life people in the show. Uh, you know, they'll, you'll frequently have a rodeo star, you know, in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, in one of the recent episodes, they had a, a ranching uh, legend, you know, appeared in the episode. And uh, I don't know how Kevin Costner gets through this uh this the the series long yellowstone uh storytelling without at some point having william shatner ride a horse you know because <laughs> I, I william shatner is is such a horse guy um it seems like we would run into him at you know one of the cutting horse shows or something like that uh, it just seems like a nice opportunity for a cameo plus it's paramount come on yeah i mean it give seems, me some it, bill it, shatner license on a to horse. money Exactly. Bill Shatner on a horse. Come on. (laughs) You know, since we're talking about this, you know, we can kind of talk about Paramount Plus in general, because there are a couple Uh of Paramount Plus news items. Um, You know, first of all, you know, you mentioned William Shatner. Did you know that there is an Amazon Prime? I know I said Paramount Plus, but I forgot it was Prime, not Plus. Um, There's an Amazon Prime video or series about uh, William Shatner going into space. Oh yeah, yeah. It's 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 essentially a uh, an infomercial for Blue Origins, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it's all about Bill yeah, going I did up there know. to the outer space. I, saw, I just saw it on my feed. Up I haven't seen day. it, but nor have I. Yeah. I mean, you know, perhaps I'll see yeah. it in time for the next episode. And I think it's a movie, not a series. No, it's a series. It says episode one, forty six really? minutes. Huh? Maybe it's only one okay, episode, then. but it it certainly only says it says episode one, um, December fourteenth. Yeah. It might just be a one episode. It might just be a forty-five minute thing because, in theory, we're recording this on December twenty-second, and there has not been a second episode, and it's been eight right. days. Um, but you know, okay, so maybe, maybe it'll be a series of other celebrities also, or other yeah, maybe Michael Strahan going or something. Yeah, because um, yeah, that's what you want to see. You want to see Michael Strahan, Strahan in space. In space. 
if he's not sp- if he's not squirting iced tea through that gap in his teeth, I'm not interested. <laughs> I'm, I'm out. I, I want to see the iced tea get squirted out of that gap in his teeth, and then the bubbles formulating, you know, in the air, you because know, it's zero g. That's what I want to see, Paul. I, I, I'm not in for that. I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> uh, so you know, Paramount Plus. Uh, you know, we joined Paramount Plus back when it was CBS All Access, pretty much day one. Because we wanted to see Star Trek Discovery, and now Paramount Plus has heavily invested in other material. Now, obviously, I think you remember before I was, because you were watching The Good Fight. I didn't join until Disco came out. That's right. Yeah, Um, Yeah, because my mother, my my mother, my (laughs) wife, boy, ouch. (laughs) (laughs) My my wife is a big uh, Good Wife fan, so uh, we adopted early for The Good Fight. Well, this year, Paramount Plus has really invested in in a bunch of stuff. They've gotten some original movies, like the new Paranormal Activity movie, the new... um, the new Mark Wahlberg movie, um, you know, and they, they moved SEAL Team exclusively yeah. to, to Paramount Plus mid-season, which I will tell you, they immediately, immediately took advantage of the freedom in dropping F-bombs. Um, like, it, it, like I've I, I watched three and a half episodes of SEAL, or four and a half, you know, three and a half seasons of, of SEAL Team. Literally, the first episode, they're like, F-bombs. I'm like, what? Did he just say that? Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's kind of like watching, you're watching a PG-13 or PG-rated show, and then all of a sudden, yeah. like, one episode in, they decide to make it R. Um, well, it's like watching Star Trek, and then the, the characters yeah. start saying fuck. Yeah, exactly. I, I, and we see King I, that, on boobs. Well, and... Th- I feel like I would it wouldn't bother me if it made more sense, but like in the recent episodes of, of Star Trek Discovery, you know, there's a lot of, of shits. You know, yeah. they, they 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 say shit a lot, yeah. and I'm like, come on. They withheld you know, for a little so, bit on this season until yeah. the recent episodes. Yeah. I will give them that. Yeah, you know? but I'm just like, if you're if you're gonna swear, can we can we have it mean something? Let's just not drop it in in regular conversation. Yeah. Can we just can we? It, it, this is Star Trek for crying out loud. Like here's, unless you're gonna unless you're Quentin Tarantino telling a Star Trek story, I don't think it's necessary. Exactly. You know, and with yeah. with, with SEAL Team, it's one of those things that it's not inorganic. I mean, these guys are military Navy SEALs. Like, sure. of course yeah, they drop episodes. But however, you know, it hasn't been established that that's your show. Um, you know, and then all of a sudden you do. Anyway, regardless, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad SEAL Team is on, you know, it's not canceled. Um, it's on Paramount Plus. Uh, or at least it's on Paramount Plus through the end of the season. I don't know if it's going to get another one. Um, I wonder, you know, they, they moved it, you know, solely to a, a, a Paramount Plus property, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I wonder if if it will get picked up for another season or if they're just like, well, we're, we were going to cancel it at the end of the season. We'll just move it over. It feels like that you would know? be useless. And I think that's part of yeah. my, you know, like if you move it to Paramount plus just to end it, you know, yeah. cause you, you didn't even start this season on Paramount plus you went, I think four episodes in then moved mm-hmm. it to Paramount plus. It's only like 13 episode seasons. So you're really mm-hmm. going to have eight or nine episodes and then just like scrap it. Like, you know, my my thought was that they were investing in ongoing original material. So, you know, like, you know, obviously they've invested in Star Trek and they've invested in, you know, you you mentioned Yellowstone into into Taylor Sheridan, which is really paying off for them because apparently went hard, went hard on Taylor Sheridan. You know, um, I was reading an article (laughs) about him the other day. So, first of all, you know, Taylor Sheridan, the creator of Yellowstone, um, also the creator of Mayor of Kingstown, which apparently launched to strong numbers in 1883 which apparently the premiere of 1883, including uh, not including the 5 million um, viewers it had because on um, 
the Paramount Network because they aired the first network on Paramount or the first episode on Paramount Network apparently had double the amount of any viewership um, of any program that Paramount Plus had had previously. And up to now, Star Trek held that title. Yeah. Star Trek Discovery held the the most viewership, even outdoing the NFL broadcasts yeah. on Paramount Plus, which I mean, that. That tells you something, yeah. right? I mean, that is uh, that is impressive. Uh, and it didn't just exceed it; it, it doubled yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we could we could probably and probably yeah, I keep telling Aaron we just need to have a Yellowstone with Aaron and Polly podcast. Uh, we're gonna call it Jellystone. <laughs> Jellystone with Aaron and Polly. <laughs> um, you know, we'll go, we'll just discuss I, all the Taylor Sheridan shows. I got to tell you, as passionate as I feel about Yellowstone, I'm there for it, Paul. <laughs> I, I think I think we can start every episode with fucking Jamie. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in fact, maybe that's our podcast title. Well, fucking Jamie. Fucking Jamie with Aaron and <laughs> if, if you, dear listener, have an interest in hearing Aaron and I talk about the Taylor Sheridan verse, because there is no stopping it. You know, the the dude yeah. is is you know Mayor Kingstown has been renewed for season two. Eighteen eighty three apparently will have a season two. We've got Yellowstone that's wrapping up in um, in two weeks, and then you know then he's got a number of original properties coming to Paramount Plus. Let us know. You know, hit us up at uh, you know IOM Geek on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or leave us a message on the uh, the IOM Geek hotline. 972-763-5903. That number, once again, 972-763-5903. And if we use your voicemail on the show, you can win a coveted valuable ideology of madness surprise. But we're not talking about Taylor Sheridan in this episode uh, anymore. <laughs> or are we? Because because people want to see you in a cowboy hat. Really, much like 1883 and the 4-6's ranch scenes in the season of Yellowstone, we're kind of backdoor piloting our Taylor Sheridan podcast <laughs> in this episode of Star Trek with Aaron and Polly. <laughs> do, do we need to, uh, you know, have a, a, a flashback to our early days with our Taylor Sheridan podcast? We do, podcast? we do. And I think we, we need to bring in some type of country star. I mean, you live in Texas. You're a country star. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Aaron, Aaron is right. our resident country star. Yeah, I did write a country song one time. See? Oh. And, perform, and performed it in my college band. Aaron, can you imagine the show art on Jellystone with Aaron and Polly? Oh yeah, us riding horses, right, with cowboy hats. Uh huh. Mm. Uh huh. Oh yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, we're not going to do it unless you guys are going to listen to it. So let us know. Uh, but in this episode, <laughs> we're actually going to talk about uh, the last few episodes. Uh, three, three episodes, I think, is because I think the last episode we discussed yes. was discussing anomaly. But we're going to talk about that's correct. Choose to live. All is possible, and the examples in which, you know, um, yeah, choose to live and uh, all is possible are a bit more kind of like sidesteppy episodes um, that, that kind of, I guess all three of these episodes are loosely touching the ongoing mythology of the DMA um, of the sea, you know, the, this destructive wave that's going through the season. Um, but you know, what? Uh, yeah. three episodes, three and four were kind of loosely touching it, but episode five invested a little bit more in that storyline. Sure. And in Choose to Live, we see the uh, return of Burnham's mom, mm-hmm. you know, who's joined the Coat Malat, and uh, we, you know, we we were chasing down chasing down someone who one of the uh, you know warrior nuns who you know ripped off dilithium from you know a Starfleet ship, you know, who was delivering dilithium you know out to the Federation aligned worlds and worlds that they wanted to get in, aligned to the Federation. The supply was stolen. Uh, People were murdered, and uh, you know, thus the 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 hunt for the warrior nun 
uh, goes throughout the episode. And I really hated this episode, Paul. Yeah, with every, every part of my being, I hated this episode. Yeah, you're, you're not uh, wrong. I, I think one of the things, yeah. where, dear listener, I'm just going to spoil this podcast. I struggled with all three of these episodes. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, that episode. Well, and of the, of the three, this was the one. This was the one that just in its storytelling bothered me. Um, the number one, you know, I, last time we talked, I, I, I shared my frustrations with the AR wall, <laughs> and they are wildly present. Oh, yeah. Because every space we go into with the AR wall is just these giant, expansive spaces. And this was very much like, you know, going into the uh, Dwarf Kingdom in Lord of the Rings. It's just an enormous space. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, well, it's a spaceship, and why? It, I this concept of these, you know, giant expansive spaceships that aren't utilizing the space more efficiently drives me crazy. I mean, we see that in Discovery, and we see that in all three of these episodes in Discovery. That that Discovery is just huge, bigger than any of the other starships we've seen. When we know that in this this era that predates the original show in terms of the design of this starship. It should be a very confined facility, right? Mm-hmm. It should it should not have these giant open spaces. The expansive nature of the captain's quarters is ridiculous to me. It is just ridiculous. This, I mean, it's one thing you've got this giant bridge where everyone you know social distances across the bridge uh, and has these conversations, really kind of shouting at each other because you're way over there on the other side of the bridge. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I mean, it drives me nuts. But you get to this alien spaceship that is a generation ship. And, I mean, it, again, it's like, you know, walking through the Dwarf Kingdom. And I had really strong Lord of the Ring vibes <laughs> uh, from, from from this thing. And I just, I found it so frustrating. Um, and this, the the whole, I, I like the Kuatma a lot. Uh, but I am frustrated that the... Uh, the things that happen in Picard are directly reflected in Discovery. And I think that's a mistake. I mean, you know, it's one thing for this Kuat Malat thing. But then, you know, we see the uh, the solution to Gray's, you know, needing to incorporate, you know, him needing a body. They use the solution that was provided to uh, Captain Picard in Star Trek Picard. I mean... These things shouldn't be so connected, given that they're 900 years apart. Yeah. It, I find it really frustrating. Yeah, I find and it I kind appreciate of silly that there's that some they, coordination. You know, like, then why did you jump 900 years? You, if you would just, right. you know, honestly, the 900 years, other than the fact that you have the nanotechnology, um, you know, where, where this, you know, everything can separate from each other, you know, you really could have set this 100 years after Picard. Uh, you know, like the yeah. burn could have happened. 15 years after Picard or something like you didn't the 900 years other than that one aspect of the technology really doesn't lend itself to anything, but that's, you know, I know we're two seasons in, so it's not like it's, you know, going anywhere, but no, I hear you. It's, it's the, there is a, a tie to between these shows that doesn't necessarily feel organic. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it feels like it, it, 
it almost it, it feels like putting 1883 flashbacks in the new episode of Yellowstone. It uh-huh. feels a bit forced, yeah. right? Um, well, and, and all the references back to 23rd and 24th century storytelling. I mean, yeah, I thought it was cool when we arrived, you know, last season in the future and we, we encountered, you know, USS Voyager J or whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was cool. And but you know we 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 hear a lot about the new USS Voyager because it's being kitted out with the new spore drive right. Mm-hmm. But then you know in uh, I want to say it was the examples uh, or maybe it was all as possible. I'm, I'm getting them you know kind of blended together, uh, and that's because it's you know serialized storytelling and not really episodic storytelling. Yeah. But uh, you know we get USS Janeway. And I'm like, come on guys. <laughs> You know, like, I, like I, literally nothing has happened in the last 800 years. Yeah. You know, we're 900 years in the future, but they were really only referencing things that happened in what we've seen. Nothing, right. you know, nothing in the in-between times. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, you, you get that reference and every time they do it, I almost picture the, I almost feel like the actors are looking back at the camera. Just see what we did yeah. there. To see, <laughs> I'm just like, come on. Well, it kind of goes come back on. to the Picard so, reference that I talked about uh, last time we recorded, right? Where they were uh-huh. building Gray's synth body, which which you know completes in this episode, and we'll talk about that here in a second. Um, you know, where he's like, I think I think they did this before, you know, for a Starfleet captain. I think his name was Picard. And I'm like, has it really not been done in 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 almost a thousand years? Uh-huh. <laughs> no, you, you well, never need. Let's a synth go ahead body. and talk. Let's go ahead and talk about that because there's so much wrong with the way Discovery is telling stories this season. Um, the you know the fact that people don't have to be there; they can just hologram in, you know, from a, across the quadrant. Yeah. Uh, you had the you know Trill Guardian who's assisting with the transfer of uh, of Gray into his android body. And he's holographing in, but he's talking about, you know, I don't sense the presence of gray. Well, I'm sorry. How can you do that via hologram? Yeah. You know, when you're, when you are sensing something that is as esoteric as a soul, and I, I just don't feel like, uh, you know, 900 years or not that Starfleet technology has allowed them to develop soul sense sensors. <laughs> um, well, I, you know, I, I don't I think, think that there's a, oh, yeah, there's medical tricorder, there's science tricorder, there's soul tricorder. You know, but it, you know, it, it, it's announced by Soul Tricorder. <laughs> you know, like Soul Train. Yeah, no, no, I, I got it. <laughs> um, you know, I think it, we and we've talked about this uh, for quite a while about Discovery is that the the technology yields more fiction than science, or leans more fiction uh-huh. than science. And I think you know, the, to your point, um, a lot of that scene where Gray is one for for one. Example, we never really got an explanation of what Gray's consciousness was, right? Um, but all of a sudden, it can transfer into a synth body. Um, you know, and again, you know, issues about referencing the fact that no one has built a synth body since Picard aside, which I thought was silly. Yeah, then you have the hologram, and it's like, okay, well, but the holograms can't interact with anything, um, which again feels awkward to me. Like he can't touch anything, but he can sense souls from across the universe. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was, it was, it was the, and then again, you know, then uh, eventually Gray has, um, you know, transferred his consciousness or his soul into this synth body, um, 
and it's you know it's it, it's of course you know there's there's tension even though it's it's fake tension you know they're not they they didn't build up a season and a half worth of the storyline for for Gray to just like evaporate into the ether. Um, but yeah, and and that's the frustrating thing, right? Is that, you know, that ultimately gray is going to, you know, be fully joined into his new body. You know, that's going to happen because they've got so much invested in that storytelling. So why make me wait? You know, why, why, why try and build your drama around that? I feel like there was a lot cut out of that episode. It does, because, you know, Um, Adira with, you know, they they, they mentioned that, you know, I don't remember the process, you know, the trill transfer, transference process or whatever, you know, apparently. It's the trill version of the Kunut Kali. Exactly. (laughs) Um, But you only see Adira get off the the table and you know put on a robe so you know right. we, we don't see right. any of that process and yeah to your point I it need, did feel like hold on like did we just did i was i looking at my phone or did they just not show that well and there's that whole scene where you just see culber and adira talking and adira is wearing like a bathrobe yeah and that's I, i'm sitting there yeah, that's it. i'm sitting I, I, I'm, I'm sitting there in uh watching that and i'm like what the fuck is she wearing yeah you know, why is she, why is he in a uniform and she's in her bathrobe? And then, of course, you know, later on you see, oh, you know, they're doing this process. I think it makes more sense to have the Trill Guardian there, you know, doing, doing the Star Trek three thing where you've got Adira on one table, the android body on another, hands on both of their heads to transfer, you know, uh, Gray's Katra into uh, Gray's new body. But we never get that scene. And, you know, this is one of my problems I've got with Discovery Season 4 is they've really gone to this shorthand in their storytelling. We no longer go to the transporter room. We sight-to-sight beam. We no longer beam people aboard the ship to talk to them. They have a holographic projection. And that holographic projection can be transmitted from clear across across the quadrant. We saw that with the Trill Guardian, who there's no need for him to leave his house because he can always be there. And I want to come back to that point. Um, But we also saw it last week, right, with Stamets. But the the weird thing about, you know, because it was the same technology that they used for Stamets to to be in the ship, you know, with Book in the the prior episode. But, you know, again, you know, I think the the inclusion of it in this episode was just a little – it, did, it didn't work quite as – I mean, don't get me wrong. Again, it yields more fiction because it's like how is Stamets able to do any – how is a hologram of Stamets able to interact with things? Um, uh, it, it, uh, like I said, if you think too much about it, but I think one of the aspects – the problem is that they make a big deal about some of these aspects that take that pull you out of the story and pull you out of the emotional beats of the, you know, the, the series. Well, and you know, we see – Time and distance don't mean anything anymore in the way the storytelling. It's just whatever the, the the writers need. It just the the rules of the show bend to that. And I really feel like storytelling is best when there are rules, when there are limits. You know, I think some of the best storytelling in Star Trek has been around have been rules that have been placed by producers or by the network. You know, uh, finding the drama in the challenge. And I feel like Discovery doesn't challenge itself because they feel like they can do anything. And again, they they just go to these shortcuts. Uh, I I am deeply frustrated by that element that it doesn't take us any any time to get anywhere. I know there's a spore drive, uh, but it doesn't take us any time to get anywhere. Um, 
and they can just be anywhere in the universe they want to be at a moment's notice. That is super. That is super frustrating to yeah. me. Yeah, the results um, in lazy story writing, right? Like you, you don't have to lazy creatively. You can just yeah. Well, we're nine hundred years in the future, so now this technology exists. So done. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I've sh- I've sh- I've shared previously that I've, I've been doing a uh, Star Trek Voyager rewatch, mm-hmm. and you know I liked Voyager enough. Over the years, I think that uh, Voyager's got some great standout episodes, but you know, on the whole, my my impression of Voyager was always in you know, a pretty uh, middle grade. Watching Discovery and then watching Star Trek Voyager really gives me a new appreciation for Voyager, uh, and there are so many more good episodes in that in that series than than I recalled. Um, I, I I really miss the con- the confinement. Uh, the limitation that uh, you know a limited UPN budget allowed them to do. Uh, I think the millions and millions and millions of dollars that they're spending on every episode doesn't help them in their storytelling. Mm-hmm. I, I find this I find this show super frustrating. Uh, I am deeply troubled by uh, some of the choices that they're making this season. And and let's go ahead and talk about it. Tilly leaves the show yeah. in All is Possible, or leaves the ship anyway. We're, we're told she'll be coming back. But by all means, Star Trek Discovery, take my favorite character and send her off the show. Well, and, and that's one of the things... Let's, Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, let's, 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 let's take the people that fans universally love... Tilly has been the bright shining star in all of Star Trek Discovery. I think that's a pretty universal sentiment. Um, but let's let's continue to focus on characters I give not a shit about. Uh, I don't like Adira. I, I truly don't. I think I think uh, Blue Del Barrio has given some great performances, but I don't I don't like her character one little bit, and I don't like Gray. In fact, I think I think the show would be deeply improved if Gray left the show. And I think that should uh, be the storyline because I will say one of the frustrating things about All Is Possible. Uh, and now All Is now here's the thing about All Is Possible. All Is Possible is actually a good episode of Star Trek with some major freaking issues. Um, and I mean Star Trek, not Star Trek Discovery. Like, it's a good Star Trek right. episode. You have some political intrigue, which works well. It's resolved, you know, in, in a way that you would see a resolution in a Next Generation episode. You know, you, you see the, the, a political situation resolved via compromise, and I like that aspect of it. And then Tilly, you know, with the cadets on the, on the um, ice planet, I thought that was good, too. But I had two major issues with All Is Possible. One, which you just referenced, is you have taken Tilly off the board. Tilly, one, we've already complained about the, the lack of any other, you know, characters, like the other bridge crew that they've basically just shuffled off into the background somewhere, um, you know, that, that we, we actually liked their personalities, and now they're just kind of, like, somewhere uh, off screen. And now you've taken the only person in this show with any sense of humor any bright spot to everyone's angst um and and you removed her from the board as well you know and taking tilly off i mean again it's like if you remove tilly you know that that would be like removing i don't know sulu from the first show Uh or removing you know uh riker from the second show like you were removing you know, a, a, you're removing one of your few spots of humor. Um, uh-huh. So you remove Tilly, and on top of that, you know, you brought Gray back. Like I just mentioned, season and a half long arc, where you bring Gray back into the synth body immediately in this episode. Uh, Adira is called, you know, to, to this mission with Tilly, and while Adira is gone, Gray 
is like, hey, while you're gone, I'm just going to go like hang out at the bar. And that's it. Yeah. That's his only scene in the episode. And he doesn't pop up in the following episode, you know, in episode uh, five, uh, the examples. No, no, no appearance of Gray at all. And I'm like, why did you spend so, so long on that storyline? Yeah. Just to just say, OK, now that you have a body, we don't your your arc has ended. So uh-huh. we're just going to throw you off somewhere. And that's basically what that felt like. Like it's it's it basically felt like we don't have anything left to say with this character, so they're gone. Well, and I think they've not really had much to say about Gray. I think they wanted to to talk about I, I, one thing that I, that I will say that I enjoyed was the the metaphor of of a person choosing their own physical identity, Mm -hmm. you know, being able to choose their body, you know, and I think that says a lot to the conversations that we're having right now. Absolutely. Right. Um, But what I dislike about it is we don't really get to see any, you know, meat and gristle to gray. All we ever get is the, are these very earnest smiles and sweet moments with gray. I don't care about any of that stuff. That, that's, that is so Little House on the Prairie, mm-hmm. saccharine sweet. I just, I, I'm like, come on. Can we make Gray a person? Now that Gray is actually a physical being, can we make Gray a person with issues and troubles and sometimes a bad attitude? Don't you want to see Gray pissed off? I, yeah. That's what I want. I want to see, I want to see Gray rage. Because that's what human beings do. Those aren't characters. No, they're characters, right? Yeah, exactly. And I want to see a broader range of emotions other than just sweet tenderness. Um, I think some of uh, Blue Del Barrio's best performance this season was in uh, All Is Possible. Because, you know, you had the moment where she's like, well, I thought really more I'd be like your assistant in in this, you know, I'd, I'd be be helping you co-manage, yada, yada. And she's like, no, no, for all intents and purposes, you're one of these guys. You know, I I, I, I liked the that uh, Adira was a little bit more fish out of water. Um, and, yeah, I'll agree that there was more ac- it was more action TV hour in all this possible. But again. Discovery can't do anything original this season. Again, they aped, you know, Star Trek 2009 with, you know, the the snow planet and being chased by monsters on the snow snow planet in a very uh, JJ sort of homage. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, for 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 all intents and purposes, Tilly was uh, Chris Pine in that moment. Yeah. You know, right, fleeing the monster. Yeah. And I love that scene in 2009. I I don't really see a need for disco to emulate those scenes so much. Um, there were – I'm, I'm frustrated by this type of storytelling. But I will tell you that I thought the examples, the third episode we're talking about today, uh, I thought of these three, it was a better episode. Yeah, it was also you – know, you know, I think there are elements to these episodes that work. Um, maybe not in the first one. Right. Um, but in right. all is possible, choose to live, choose to live. You know, I think that, yeah. that, that in general was even, you know, there, don't get me wrong. You know, the quant a lot are, are certainly uh, a, a thing that I would probably have seen in like a Star Trek discovery or not a star, like a deep space nine or a Voyager. Right. Um, and, it, and I would have been just as disinterested in them in, in any of those shows. Um, you know, I think with all is possible, I liked the cadet storyline. I liked the, the political storyline, um, you know, there were aspects of the show that I didn't like. And, you know, as we move into the examples, 
you know, I think one of the things that has come to the forefront over these two episodes that we haven't mentioned yet is that Dr. Culber, in addition to being a medical officer, um, not chief medical officer, but a medical officer, has now moved into the role of ship's counselor as well. Right. And while I feel like that aspect of his character is working well, because, you know, it, it, I mean, the, the guy who plays Dr. Culper, and I'm sorry, I don't remember his name off the top of my head. Um, Wilson, Wilson Cruz is just a joy to watch on screen. Oh, um, he he is so charismatic, so charismatic. So and likeable. so I mean, yeah, like you, you just you, you just love that guy. I mean, instantly yeah. he's on the screen and you're like, ah, break up with Stamets already. Um, no, <laughs> yeah, you can do better, <laughs> better. Uh, but, you know, and, and so his role as ship's counselor, I think, works actually surprisingly better than his role as the medical officer. However, it does go back to something that, that I'm going to universally say about these episodes is you have a lot of people on, on the ship. You essentially have four people on the crew who do anything. And I know that uh-huh. may be how it feels. Um, you know, that may be how it feels like when you go to work, ah, oh, four people do everything here. Um, uh-huh. and you know, but in, in Star Trek Dis- disco, um, these three episodes, one, Burnham is literally in every mission putting her life at stake for no reason. It's always Burnham and Book, mm-hmm. you know, except in, you know, in the prior episode, it was Burnham and, and um, Saru, but it's because it, well, there weren't in any danger. <laughs> you know, it, it, when, when it's actual danger, it's always just Burnham and Book. And I'm like, you don't want to take like an away team with you. It's literally just Burnham and Book, and they are always throwing themselves in harm's way at the expense of focus from anyone else on the crew. And that that has been a frustration for me of all five episodes, um, and it, but especially in All Is Possible, is that Burnham and Book, who's not even a Starfleet member, um, right, go down to the you know to a planet where they you know this planet is in the way of the DMA, um, and and you know the, the the residents of this planet have you, you know, they they call these people the examples, but they're basically their inmates, and they they treat murder the same way they treat shoplifting. Like you are just in prison for the rest of your life. And they're like, you know, the, the, these, um, this civilization and reason, reason, um, I don't know, this race of, of people or, you know, aliens has decided, you know what, these people are examples, let them die. And, you know, disco can't, can't let that happen. So they go down to the planet. Focus on the law abiding, uh, members of our society, not the lawbreakers is what they say. Right. You know, uh, but you know, because they they've just abandoned these guys to die there. You know, all the the uh, prison officials have left, mm-hmm. and they're just gonna they're just gonna you know die in the uh, the DMA. Yeah, and you know Burnham can't do that, so her and Book go down to the planet Akali. Akali is the 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 race uh, that I'm referring to, and you know I found it frustrating that yeah I mean of course. Um, there is the other character, Felix. No, not Felix. Who's the, one of the characters? Felix. Yeah, uh, but Felix is one of the examples. No, I'm thinking of the um, yeah the volunteer who the the person on the crew who's actually helping get. Oh, uh, was it uh, Reed? Reed. Um, you know, I think. think. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, and that's kind of the problem, right? Like somebody's the, that guy has been in so many episodes and we don't even know his name. Um, oh, right. But you know, he's off, literally off screen, getting ninety percent of the people on this planet off, but we're focused on Burnham and book and their mission. And they have to break into a prison in order to, to help the examples 
get off planet. And, you know, that, again, that, that very much, it frustrated me that that was Barnum and book. Yeah. Um, if that, that was a prime opportunity to in, inject something else, um, into somebody's yeah, character. Why couldn't, language. wouldn't it have been cool to send, you know, Saru and Owo? Yeah. You know, I mean, cause that should have been a first officer mission, yep. mm-hmm. right? And, you know, typically you would send your tactical officer or you would send, you know, one of your other bridge officers to go down to support, uh, the, the the XO, it I, I don't think you'd want to send Detmer, even though I'd love to see her in that. But you know she needs to be there at helm in case they've got to make a quick getaway. Yeah. Uh, so so why not send Owo? I love Owo. Yeah. I love Detmer. I love Saru. Let's give them something to that do. That was not a captain mission, nor was it a mission where someone in Starfleet should have been on it. And I know we've talked about yeah. you know book being on the sh- on the ship in general given he, he, yeah. he you know yes he's helpful but he's he's not a starfleet member he's not trained in starfleet you know um pro- protocol or tactics and the, but and the thing is is i like the actor who plays book i like I his character too. i think his performances are great i just don't think they're writing for him well um and, and yeah i mean why are we why are we always using him you know uh why are we always using his ship I, I th- these are things I don't understand yeah. other than the fact that he's, you know, Captain's girlfriend. And I'd love to hear some crew caddy remarks about Captain's boyfriend. Yeah, right. I, think I'd be, uh, I would be fine with all of this if they just did something to make his character's participation official. Um, well, and I'd be fine with all of this if everyone on the crew wasn't so goddamn earnest. Yeah. And friendly and smiley. I mean, it's the same thing I was talking about with Gray. You know, everyone, everyone just seems, you know, so supportive and, you know, so loving and caring. And, you know, they've taken the elements of Tilly and given them to everybody else. And I guess that's how we make up for the fact that Tilly's not on the ship. Yeah, possibly. Right. It is, you know, well, everyone will have those characteristics. I would love some Deep Space Nine level drama on this show where some of the folks aren't getting along. Like, you know, we have complete Stamets has completely apparently forgiven Burnham for the shit she pulled last season. And I had really hoped that was going to be an ongoing source of friction. You know, I would like to see that. Um, you know, we're, we're getting some, you know, that, that Culber's got some survivor's guilt from the fact that he, he died and is alive again. Um, I can't say I'm too interested in that storyline. I'd be a lot more interested in hearing people go, you know, we uh, we uh, gave up a lot to follow Burnham here, and it sure does seem like uh, her boyfriend's getting all the action. Yeah, you know that that we should get to do stuff. You know, I find that frustrating. I really there there are so many interesting characters on the bridge of that ship that we just don't get to spend any time with. And I feel like you know when you're in a 13 episode season. We need to be a little bit more thoughtful about who we're giving airtime to. Let's not keep bringing in new characters that are going to eat up the space. If I wasn't the actor who played Owo or Detmer, I'd be furious about the screen time that Adira and Gray are, are chewing up. Yeah. Uh, I, I, it, it is so irritating to me. I feel like it's a whole who moved my cheese thing uh, because the characters that I'm interested in don't get the, the screen time that I feel like they're due. No, I agree. Uh, you know, and, and they, they could. And here's, and that's, that's yeah. my problem with it. You, you, there was nothing served by having Burnham and book 
be the you know i understand you know it was another it was emotional moment for book because it they destroyed his planet and you know he had to get everyone out i get that however we've already seen that now for the last four episodes i I feel like there that was an opportunity to inject some interest in the other crew members besides burnham and book but they just have to be in everything and and that's a again that's a frustration for me and it's that it's not it's not the Burnham Book Show. It's Star Trek Discovery, yeah. and and the crew is being given. A, you know, they, they are at a disservice um, in yeah. in the way they are not given an ample screen screen time. I did like in this episode the uh, the drama played out on the planet surface with the prisoners. Mm-hmm. I liked the I, I enjoyed the prisoners. To be perfectly honest, uh, I thought we had some some really strong guest appearances there. Uh, you know, the, the prisoner who decides to stay behind because he was actually, you know, a horrible human being and he needed to, to pay his penance. I liked that storyline. Um, I thought it was well performed. I thought it was a first good use of the AR wall. I thought that the spaces were, uh, were well chosen. Um, I dug all of that. Um, I, I, I liked the conflict of the visiting scientist, uh, and I forget the actor's name. I see him all over the place. Um, yeah, I forget the actor's name but, as well, but I know you're talking about. But, but I thought that, I thought that was, was well done as well. And, you know, he seems like a bad guy. I feel like there, there are things we're going to, we're going to see more from this guy. Uh, we learned in this episode, finally, you know, five episodes in, we, we have some additional information about the DMA that it appears to be artificial, that it was created by somebody. And that's why it's behaving the way it's behaving. Uh, so hopefully that gives us a lead because, you know, uh, mad scientist guy, um, has an idea of how this is going to lead them to who developed it. You know, and that, um, that, you know the, the, the fact that DMA is now created does, of course, lend itself to the the admittedly, you know, COVID, um, you know. Yeah, the, preju- the, the prejudice that it was created by the yeah. Chinese, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I I find that I find that interesting. It's c- contrary to what uh, Paramount executives and Star Trek Discovery executives have said. You know that it was a, a natural occurrence. Mm-hmm. You know that it was going to be it was going to uh, you know be more you know man against nature versus man against man in terms of its storytelling. Uh, but I think it's important to note that uh, you know Star Trek leadership and Paramount have lied to us before. Fair. Uh, that th- that they will they will tell us anything to take us off the path, and I am still standing by my prediction that this is somehow Vija related. Just yeah, saying, I am sure. I, uh, I I I have seen nothing here, nothing, Paul, that <laughs> uh, <laughs> that 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 changes my mind on that. But you know, Paul, I have good uh-huh. news. You know, we we have been we have been bitching about Star Trek Discovery for the entirety of this podcast, and uh, I have good news. There is there is hope on the horizon. There is a bright twinkling star uh, coming up just in ep- just in this next episode, episode six. That bright shining star, Paul, has a name. It's Jonathan Frakes. Oh, was he directing it? Yeah, episode six, Stormy Weather, directed by John, Johnny Frakes. I am super excited. Okay, okay. Yeah, I know. I, have, I know. We've been I, very complaining. About these last two episodes, we have, and justifiably so, in my yeah. opinion. I don't, I don't feel bad about any of this because I, I find myself deeply frustrated with this show. Yeah, but you know, it, and, and I, I got to tell you, one of the things that I have been asking myself because I, I, I quickly came to, uh, quickly came to the point that Star Trek Prodigy is not for me. Mm-hmm. 
you know, it's for it's for a different generation. It is for you know the little kids. It, it is it is storytelling to people who aren't familiar with Star Trek uh, and who are very young. Uh, I am neither of those things. Uh, I wonder. I, I've started asking myself this season: Is Star Trek Discovery not for me? Because I mean. I, I see online everybody else seems to be really enjoying the storytelling and maybe maybe I'm, maybe they have leaned hard into a new kind of storytelling this year because Strange New Worlds is coming which you know looks like it's going to be you know, right in my wheelhouse. So I wonder about that. Yeah, you know, I mean, of you course know. I do too. Um, yeah. Uh, now that being said. I think there's also not a lot of Star Trek options. So, I mean, of course, we will right. continue watching it, and there are aspects that we've enjoyed and aspects that we really haven't. Um, you know, is Star Trek Discovery for us? I don't know. But, I'm, you know, I'm certainly going to yeah. finish out Season 4, and in the absence of an alternative, I will probably continue yeah. watching Star Trek Discovery, whether it makes me happy or not. Um, <laughs> well, Jonathan Frakes always makes me happy. So I, I am I am eager for this, though am worried if, you know, Tilly continues to be off screen. Uh, you know, I think a lot of the fun in the Frakes episodes has been what he's done with Tilly. And so I'm a little concerned. You know, where do we get that energy from? Because I don't see another character in the show who brings that level of delight. Well, and, you know, my hope is that uh, my hope is that. You know, with with Frakes, I think one of the things that Frakes does is he does inject life into the bridge, some of those other bridge characters. So we may, we you know, yeah. some of our complaints may be resolved. We may see Detmer. We may see Owo, you know, featured a little bit right. more in, in this episode, hopefully. I, I have a sense, you know, going back to Mary Wiseman's, you know, uh, uh, Tilly exiting uh, Discovery, the ship. I have this sense that there's something meta going on. That, you know, one of two things, one that she legitimately wanted off the show. I don't think she was fired from the show uh, because why would you do that when everybody loves her character? Uh, But maybe she wanted off the show or that she, you know, there has been a lot of talk about a Starfleet Academy show coming up. Uh, Is she exiting the show to go do that? Mm. And we just haven't had a public announcement about that. Um, But I just I am flabbergasted. Uh, flabbergasted, Paul, that uh, Tilly has left the show and that there's not more information out there about what's going on there. Well, I'm sure we'll hear some. I'm sure we'll be back before the end of the season. Yeah, and I've heard that she she is she we will see more of her this season. But boy, you know, to sideline such a fan favorite character is is just for no good reason. Yeah. Apparently, it's just stunning. Well, there's no time for her because it's all Burnham and Book. Yeah, fair, <laughs> fair. Yeah, I'm ready for my Detmer and Owo spinoff. <laughs> Yo, they used to talk about a a Sulu Chekhov spinoff. <laughs> <laughs> I need an Owo Detmer There we go. Spin-off. Sign us up for that. Yeah. I would be happy for that. I'd be thrilled for that, actually. Mm-hmm. So, Well, uh, you know, a couple of things that I want to mention before we go, and I'll just hit the headlines. Paul, because you demanded it, you specifically, Paul Aponte, demanded it, there is an all-new grudge Star Trek Discovery comic. <laughs> there is. I did yes, see the news on that. Uh huh. It is a uh, a comic book miniseries, I guess, from the perspective of uh, books. Well, cat. she's a queen. Yeah, she's a queen. She's a queen, you know. Uh, so so that's coming to you in 2022. So <laughs> so put your orders in now with your local comic shop. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did you see the 4K images from the Star Trek the Motion Picture? Oh no, uh, no, I have not. They've got a couple of images out. You know, they've not sent released any video. These are stills, but oh my god, they're gorgeous, Paul. Mm. 
Do we know when that's dropping, or is it just sometime in 2022? It's sometime in 2022, and it'll be a Paramount Plus exclusive, and then at some point it'll drop as a 4K release. Okay, okay. You know, that you can get on disc. And then, Paul, you shared a link with me a week or so ago. And I got excited because, you know, it was a, a new PC and console Star Trek game uh, coming in spring 2022. And then I watched the trailer, and it might be the crappiest <laughs> game I've ever seen. And, you know, I was I was about to forgive it because I'm like, oh, you know, they're just you know sharing an early trailer. But if it's coming out in spring 2022, these graphics should be pretty locked in. Yeah. Uh I thought the gameplay looked terrible. And if you're, I, this is one of those things that drives me crazy. If you're going to be a Star Trek, uh, you know, video game or, uh, audio product, why you aren't licensing real Star Trek music is beyond me. And, and I was like, wow, there is nothing here to like. This, this Star Trek resurgence looks like eight kinds of crap. Yeah. Eesh. So. Well, hope, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll uh, more footage will be released, I'm sure, closer to time. So, you know, no good news on the gaming front. <laughs> but, you know, instead you can just reread the Grudge comic. You can re- you got your Grudge comic and I will tell you I'm I am I am eagerly anticipating the motion picture uh re-release in uh, 4K. I love that they've got the um director's edition guys who uh uh, did the DVD and, and Blu-ray mm-hmm. release. They did the DVD release and then it got upgraded for Blu-ray, but uh, I, they did the DVD release and I just, those guys did a tremendous job on that. I am so excited about what they're going to do here. So, anyway, uh, good news Good news on the motion picture front. Um, Paul, I think that's what we've got for today. Yeah, I think we, uh, we had a full show today. Hopefully you all liked it. Um, if you didn't, I don't care because we're going to get another one and it's going to be very similar <laughs> to this one. Um, but hopefully we'll really enjoy the job. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, but you know, in the meantime, definitely leave us a comment. Uh, you can hit us up at IOM Geek on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or leave us a message on the IOM Geek hotline. And, you know, I've, I've said that number before. I'm going to say it yeah. again, 972-763-5903. That number, once again, 972-763-5903. If we use your voicemail on the show, you could win maybe a whole new uh, Sung-style Android body. Maybe, maybe, maybe you'll win your maybe. very own grudge. <laughs> She's, She's queen. queen. Catch you next time. Star Trek with Aaron and Polly is a production of IOMGeek.com. Have a question or comment? Hailing frequencies are open at 972-763-5903. Tribble wrangling provided by... Triskelion Trays. No troublesome tribbles. Mr. Aponte's wardrobe provided courtesy of Garrick's Clothiers. Conveniently located on the promenade. Bill Shatner on a horse. Come on!